Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 214 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. The June gap hits, but not everywhere and not in every colony. Listen in to find out more of that and an update on how we're going as spring turns into summer. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk Hi everyone, happy June and a very happy Platinum Jubilee bank holiday weekend to you all. There can't be many people that celebrate a Platinum Jubilee of any kind, let alone the monarch of our green and pleasant land. I know the UK isn't perfect, but we are very lucky to live in this country that we call home. Several mini topics for this week's podcast as we continue to speed ever closer to the main summer flow of the season. Locally, I'm seeing brambles beginning to flower. In fact, they've had a little rush at the fishing lakes in just the past 48 hours. Two days ago, there were few plants beginning to flower, and this morning I've seen large briars almost fully open. I think that's the right word for them. Dog roses are in bloom, and they're growing through and with large patches of brambles. Looks fantastic and the bees are beginning to find it all. The colonies at the fishing lakes must be searching far and wide for food at the moment, so it's timely that these brambles are beginning to open. We've had something of a hit-and-miss June gap this year. What I mean by that is some colonies have had no problem in finding forage all the way through as the main spring flowering plants have gone over and we await the start of the summer flow. Several colonies at all of our sites have been dangerously low on food. Those have now been given some food in one form or another and they'll be fine as we wait for their food source to emerge for the summer. It's easy enough to add some food, give a few colonies some sugar syrup and a feeder if they need it, provided that is that you have a feeder and syrup to hand and ready. To be honest, I've been caught out a little this year, again, mainly due to the increase in numbers and not planning sufficiently ahead to make allowances for the eventuality of a June gap. But what we do have is other options. As you will know, when you're beekeeping, there's always more than one way to solve a challenge. What I've been doing is grabbing a few heavy food-laden frames from healthy colonies and swapping it with frames of foundation or empty drawn comb in colonies that need the food. This helps in a couple of ways. Firstly, we immediately get food into colonies that need it. One trick here is to use an uncapping fork to uncap the sealed honey cells before you put it into the starving or near-starving colony. This will get the bees within that colony immediately interested and using it. Sometimes I find they don't go near it, probably because it smells slightly differently to their own frames, but scratching off the surface wax and exposing the honey soon gets them interested and working it. 
The second benefit is that it removes excess frames of food from colony brood boxes that might be getting a little short on space. It has the effect of immediately giving the queen in that box somewhere else to lay eggs if it happens to be drawn frames that you can give them or it gives the bees something to do in drawing out that foundation. Either way it stops the hive getting too congested and maybe triggering an early summer swarm. Just remember these swaps have to be between healthy colonies. Don't go moving frames of disease around your apiary. It could all end in tears. We're sitting on something around the 200 colonies mark now, and of those I've probably swapped frames of food in about 20. So it's not an insignificant number, but most of the colonies are fine. Just make sure to have a quick look at your own bees to check that they have enough food. I've even seen some colonies kicking out drones there that short on food, so that's something else to look out for. This week I've actually been feeding the splits with the new queens in. We've been removing queen cages and checking for eggs and at the same time giving these colonies a small amount of light sugar syrup as a stimulative feed. By that I mean a litre or two of one-to-one -one syrup to encourage the bees into thinking that there's a nectar flow available somewhere and in turn encouraging the new queen to start laying more eggs across all available frames. Hopefully this will mean brood boxes full of brood just as we hit the borage and that's where we want all of our other colonies too but it never really works out like that does it? Perhaps one day I'll have every colony at full strength just as we hit the summer flow but for now I just have to accept that some of my colonies are not going to make any honey this summer. Why? Well because even with my best efforts some of them have still managed to swarm. And here's an interesting comparison. The swarming has taken place at the fishing lakes apiaries in colonies that have queens from my own stock. Every single one of them about six in total and some of those had been split to create second colonies as well. It's interesting that when I compare these colonies to the ones that have bought in queens we're looking at about 10% of my own stock that have swarmed yet only around 2% of the bought in queens have either swarmed or made attempts to swarm. Interesting I think. I'm beginning to formulate a plan for future seasons, trying to renew and replace queens with more productive UK bred queens. I'm just not able to find the time at the moment and if we continue to develop the honey production next year I don't see that I'll have much time then either. As a hobbyist beekeeper many years ago I would have spent time trying to look after my queens for as many years as possible. We even had a couple that went the full international colour cycle of marking dots on their thorax but that's just not the best way to maximise a large honey crop. You do need young queens at maximum egg laying capacity for the most part. This week I should receive a smaller batch of queens from another UK breeder and those are going into colonies that are already prepared because it seems I've finally found a solution to my queen introduction conundrum. In all of the colonies that we recently set up, where they were correctly set up, that is, we've had 100% success. Confession time coming up, folks. I had a couple that I failed with. A consequence of rushing the splits, I suspect. 
these colonies were able to produce queen cells despite my attempts to make them hopelessly queenless and appear to have released the new queen and killed her in favour of their own queen cells, which in itself is interesting and of course costly for me. I really like the way we were able to set up those splits though and looking at the new queens in them this past week gives me hope that they too will be nice and strong by the end of the month as we hopefully start on the summer forage. Remember, and by way of a recap for myself as much as anything else, these colonies have just in the last week seen new queens introduced and start to lay. Actually there are three of these new queens that hadn't started to lay at the time of inspecting but I'm anticipating that they will have begun to lay by the time I get into those colonies next time round. Most, however, are laying well. This means that in three weeks' time, that brood will be emerging and boost the colony strength dramatically, just as we hit July, and should coincide with the main borage and pumpkin pollination. If all of these events line up as I hope, I should get a decent crop of honey, and it will form the main plan for my spring swarm control and splits moving forward in years to come. I have to say, I do find the vertical splits both excellent and a bit of a struggle. If you have a fairly large amount of food stores in the main brood box when they're split, it is a very heavy box that has to be lifted on and off to check the bottom box. I may revert to the more standard artificial swarm variation, but then again I may be in a position to have more help next year, but that's very dependent on being able to afford it. We'll see how things go this year first. We do have plenty of space over at the farm and the landowner is happy for us to use as much space as we need or want so maybe it's better for my back to keep all of the lifting to a minimum especially as I can so maybe artificial swarms will be the way forward. Thinking back to this year's swarm control it's all gone pretty well for the most part. Clipped queens have really saved us a lot of pain and it's something I will continue to do each spring. Something that is now apparent is the lack of any swarm cells in the majority of our colonies, apart from my own queens that is, and those colonies are long gone unfortunately, but it may well be that we're past the point of swarming now and we can relax into a 10 day inspection routine for the summer. So normally I would previously have inspected every week a 7 day rotation, but with clipped queens you can allow this to drift out to 10 days. This is going to be very important to me over the summer because it's currently costing me around £100 to fill the fuel tank on my Ranger and so each trip to the borage is going to cost me a full tank of fuel. That's quite a frightening thought to be honest but I'm committed to honey production this summer and we should be repaid many times over if things go to plan. In other news I'm still sorting out a few boxes of honey left from the spring crop I have a number stuck out on colonies over at the farm apiaries that need to be removed and a stack of about 8 or 10 at the honey room that still need to go into the api melter. Again the api melter has shown its true value this spring but I'm dreading the monthly bill for the electricity that I've used. That said we're on track for a really good spring crop total that looks likely to exceed our total honey crop for the entire season for last year. I'm actually going to run out of buckets for the first time in a very long time. 
The challenge now is to find somewhere to safely store it all. It's a nice challenge to have though and from what I'm hearing it's been a really good start to the season for a lot of beekeepers here in the UK. I'm really pleased that so many beginners have also had a great start to the season. I've had a number of messages from beekeepers who purchased their first nucleus colony of bees from me this spring saying that they've seen them grow across the brood box and actually fill a super with honey and in some cases more than one super. Obviously I've had to warn them that it doesn't always work out quite like this but let's make hay while the sun shines as they say and enjoy our good fortune whilst keeping a watchful eye on the long-range weather forecast for the summer. Right now, it's looking like the finish to the weekend will be very wet. I know, you were wondering when I would get to my weather report in the podcast for everyone. Well, a significant amount of heavy rain is due to push from south to north across the UK mainland, and with any luck, it will dump a load of rain onto the borage fields and give them a timely growth spurt. I was talking to the farmer just last week and he was saying that the plants have something like three or four leaves at the moment. Some way still to go before they reach full height and start to flower but it's amazing what a few weeks of warm summer sunshine can do for them. One of the nice things about taking lots of photographs for my various talks and social media posts is that I can look back at previous years and check the dates to compare how things are going. Interestingly, the earliest pictures I shot of the borage last year were on the 13th of June and the plants had around five or more leaves on them then and looked fairly well established. The very dry weather we've had this spring meant that the farmer has had to delay drilling the borage seed and yet we appear to be very close to the same position. Give the plants a good week of warm sunny weather and I think they'll be at a similar position to last year and that suits me just fine. We placed the bees in the borage fields last year at the end of June in torrential rain. Got soaked but enjoyed a period of decent weather shortly after and a nice honey crop. Fingers crossed we'll get the same results this year but without the overnight soaking please. That wasn't much fun although oddly it seems you can put up with being soaked through if you're doing something novel and different. I seem to remember feeling very pleased with our efforts at the time despite being wet through. With those dates looming, I really need to get my kit together. I'm currently washing pollen traps in preparation for the summer flow and need to start moving boxes to the apiary sites in readiness so that they can go straight onto the hives once they're in place. Finally, and in case there are any association apiary managers listening in, whenever you're at your apiary and preparing to leave, always remember to check your pockets for the keys to the association apiary shed before you close and padlock the door. Otherwise, you'll have to try to dismantle the shed window or remove the hinges from the shed door in order to regain access and get your coat and belongings. Just saying, Pete... I'm sure it won't happen again. Anyway, have a fun beekeeping week. I'll catch up with you all again next time. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. <laughs>